0: Everybody, another Al Gatulo craft beer cast on AM 970. The answer. We got a great show for you tonight. A craft beer guest that's going to be joining me later this hour in the usual news and notes to get to. But first, how can you follow me? Very easily on Twitter at Al Gatulo, Instagram at Gatulo, G A T U L O, Facebook.com slash AG beer via email, Albert G at NYC radio.com. Don't forget iTunes and Google Play. Just do a search for AG craft beer cast. You can find all the shows on those two platforms, Alexa Ready 2, plus we are on Radio.com as well as the Hopped Up Network. Just head over to the com. You can listen to my podcast usually by Monday mornings uh, before 6 in the morning. I usually have it posted. Now, coming up in 20 minutes, Mike Miles, the New Jersey sales rep from Weyerbacher Brewing will join me, give us an update on what's going on with that Eastern Pennsylvania brewery. Remember, last April they filed for bankruptcy. They had some restructuring going on. Um... And as Mike talks about, lots of changes, some different things, and also, uh, more importantly, we'll find out what kind of beers are going to be coming out from Weyerbacher in this upcoming year. So that's coming up in just about 20 minutes from now. But we've got lots of beer news to get to. Little Brian Adams, it's only love. Tina Turner was on the backing vocals uh, on that particular tune. Brian Adams heading out with Bon Jovi uh, this summer. Uh, I think one date at the Prudential Center, two dates at Madison Square Garden. I think it's in July, if I'm not mistaken, June, July. I know it's sometime in the summer. Uh, I was never the biggest fan of Bon Jovi, to be honest with you. Um, I like Brian Adams. Uh, Saw him last year for the first time. Brian Adams, Billy Idol. Uh, A a weird kind of um, billing because two two sets of music that is completely different from one another. Billy Idol, more uh, punk-ish. If you will, kind of new wave, Uh, Brian Adams, straight rock and roller. Brian, I I compare Brian Adams to John Cougar Mellencamp. I know that sounds weird, but John Cougar Mellencamp, all about America. A lot of his songs have to do with Americana, Midwest. Uh, Brian Adams, Canadian, and very much kind of that, um, you know. Obviously, there's that Canadian vibe there, but um, a lot of his songs having to do with. Uh, with love and Summer of '69, uh, it's only love. The song that I played, Run to You. You know, a lot of a lot of love stuff. A lot of a lot of stuff about relationships and angst and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. And I have to tell you, Brian Adams is in phenomenal shape. He was fantastic last year. I was pleasantly surprised. A, a guy I would definitely see again. With Bon Jovi, eh, I always felt Bon Jovi's earlier stuff was much better than his later stuff. And I know Richie Sambora is not with the band anymore. Um, but um, uh, Runaway, I, I loved I loved the very early, very early 80s stuff. I think once you got to 1984, uh, 85, Living on a Prayer, after that, I was done with them. A little too glam, a little too whatever, and yes, I know Bon Jovi concerts, a lot of hot women, blah, 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 but it just doesn't do it for me. Bon Jovi doesn't do it for me, uh, honestly. And I think without Richie Sambora, it's not the same band. It's Bon Jovi, I get it, it's him singing, uh, but um, it's just, it's not the same band. That's, that's just how I look at it. Uh, let's get into some beer news here. I mean, there's some good concerts that are coming out. I, I don't know, like Alice Cooper, Tesla, Lita Ford in the summertime. I've no, I've, Cooper I like, but never been a big enough fan that I'd want to go plunk down money on tickets. They're playing PNC. Uh, Hall Notes Oates coming back again in August with Squeeze and KT Tunsil. Um, I, I, I saw Hall Notes a couple of years ago, very disappointed. They're, they're not as good anymore. Daryl Hall's lost a little off the fastball. I, I don't know if I could uh, squeeze. I would love to see. Uh, Hall and Oates? I might No. Nah, I, I think I'm good. I think one time was enough. Unless I can get the tickets really cheap. Then it's a different set of circumstances. Then you go and you, you, you see what's up. But nah, we'll see. Anyway, let's get into some beer news here. So Tonewood Brewing. Uh, this is an interesting article that I found about a week or so ago. Tonewood Brewing. Uh, could continue their operations at their original site in Oakland following a proposed expansion to Barrington. This is from a state official now. Uh, the firm had originally uh, sought a warehouse license for the Barrington site as applied instead for a second limited brewery license record show. Uh, Tonewood representatives declined to comment on their plans for the Barrington site. This was on a, a, a online article. I, I, I would love to give them attribution. I, I just forgot where I got it from. Um, apparently... Uh, It's a former lumber yard at 50 Clements Bridge Road, but the additional license, if approved, would allow Tonewood to brew up to 50,000 barrels a year at the Barrington site. Um, They have not talked about what they're going to do with this Oakland location. Tonewood wants to operate a production facility and tasting room at the former uh, Mr. Roberts Lumber Center, according to an application before Barrington's planning board. Uh, The complex at Atlantic Avenue and Clements Bridge Road has been vacant for about two years. Um, So they are... That's interesting. So James Graziano, the acting director of the uh, ABC, says, In supporting its request, Honwood says it plans to pursue all permitted activities at the Barrington site. These activities would encompass brewing malt beverages, marketing to retail and wholesale customers, and selling to consumers for on-site and off-site consumption. The holder of a limited brewery license cannot operate a restaurant on its premises. Again, another archaic law from New Jersey. Tonewood also has said it will not share products between the two sites. That's interesting. And Tonewood's products will only be sold or distributed from the brewery at which they were manufactured. Interesting. So, uh, so hmm, that's very interesting. So uh, they apparently um, they withdrew their pending application for a warehouse license, and they're going to set up a limited brewery license. So they're building a second facility basically to brew beer. But it's not going to be the same as the one that they're brewing in their original site. Interesting to see what happens here uh, with Tonewood. So if we get more information on that, we will certainly follow up on it. Uh, for those of you who are fans of Trogues beer, Nugget Nectar, of course, is back. You know that. It's on the shelves already. Uh, but for the first time, this sought-after, once-a-year Imperial Amber is available in 16-ounce cans. It'll be It's available on draft and in six packs of 12-ounce cans, four-packs of 16-ounce cans and 12-ounce bottles everywhere Trogues beer is sold. Uh, It was released in Pennsylvania, Ohio, and New York back on the 6th of January in New Jersey, Maryland, Delaware, Massachusetts, and Connecticut on the 13th of January, and just this past week in Virginia and North Carolina it has been released. So if you can find it, get it, because, again, this is limited. It's only out there uh, for a short period of time. Nugget Nectar is one of those beers you kind of go, hmm, yeah, I like this beer. It's one of those you want to go back to, and I'm glad that it's just, you know, it's one of those it comes out for, for a month or two and then it's gone. It's one of those things that you kind of just kind of wet the palate again, refresh the palate again with all the juicy juice bombs and all this other stuff that's out there. It's nice and refreshing um, every once in a while to get back to why people got into craft beer, uh, the bitterness of the hops and, and things of that nature. So it's nice to see uh, every once in a while of, you know, going back to the basics, I like a good West Coast IPA. To be honest with you, there's something about it that 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 first bitter sip that you get, that bite on the back end, that's good stuff. Sorry, it's just that's just me. Anyway, as we continue here with news and notes on the Alcatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM nine seventy, the answer: uh, Lagunitas uh, is cutting less than five percent of its workforce, part of a restructuring plan. Now, obviously, Lagunitas, for those of you who know, uh, owned by Heineken. Um, they are based out of Petaluma, California. Um, they, uh, the CEO, Maria Stipp, said in a statement, "...in order to fortify our continuing global success and continue to compete in the ever-changing and challenging U.S. marketplace, we're announcing an evolution to our commercial strategy. It includes a restructure of our organization aimed at better aligning our sales and marketing departments and allowing us to extend our brand experiences domestically and abroad." While resulting in less than a 5% impact to our workforce, this restructure aims to ensure we are aligned across all commercial departments and better resource to maximize returns with the opportunities that we see ahead. Now, they were acquired fully by Heineken Lagunitas back in May of 2017. Uh, this comes about 16 months after the company had slashed 12% of its workforce, which uh, impacted about 100 employees. Um, they've seen some positive sales. They've crossed over into the one million barrel threshold of making beer back uh, in 2018. Um, But they have had issues um, with, you know, obviously with getting getting their uh, their beer out there. Um, They had closed uh, a Portland, Oregon based community room back in October uh, and they took a lot of heat for that. Uh, It was a venue for local organizations and nonprofits to host events at no charge with donated beer, um, which I I assume Lagunitas was using as a. Uh, tax write-off, if we're donating beer to, you know, X organization, and they get to write off the cost of that uh, that beer. Now, Lagunitas is not the only one. We talked about Brooklyn Brewery restructuring their U.S. sales team back in December uh, in an effort it, it, to them to better reflect the realities of the current U.S. beer market, and Brooklyn said at the time, simply put, craft brewers have been putting too many resources into hand-selling and have been under-investing in the marketing and brand-building sites of the business for too long. I don't disagree with that. I think... In the changing market that's going on here in beer, local is becoming the big deal. If you're local and you're fresh, a lot of a lot of uh, uh, tap room uh, uh, tap rooms, a lot of um, gastropubs, uh, and places are going to put the local beer on. I notice it at my local place; uh, it's a lot more local beer than it is uh, national beer. So the national accounts are having a tough time getting into those places consistently. I see Lagunitas on tap at places. It's good beer. I'll drink it if it's there, if there's no other local option. But again, I'm going to the local option first before I go to the national brand. That's the difference here. And a lot of the local stuff is getting better and better as time goes on. And that's the big problem. There are some local guys who are in it. Listen, they like brewing beer. They want to make a little bit of money. They make some profit. It's great for them. There are others. Look at the brass ring. I get it. Two different sets of business models. I'm not saying... Either of them are right or either of them are wrong. It's just the, the reality of the market. And also, it's the reality of what's going on with a lot of these national brands that you don't see a lot of them in a lot of places anymore. It's just, it's just the reality of the business. Local is the thing right now. Will that change? Who knows? Now, when we come back after a short break, we're going to have more news and notes. Mike Miles from Weyerbacher is going to join me a little bit later on. And uh, I will tell you about where Kelsey Grammer, the actor, who has a brewery up in upstate New York. He's going to be in New Jersey next week. I'm going to tell you where he's going to be. That's coming up next on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970 The Answer. Oh, yeah. Wild,
1: oh, yeah. Wild, wild, wild. Are you ready for my new sensation? Well,
0: here's a shot around the world. All your bad rumors. Salute. Winter flag of gold. You know, David Lee Roth. Welcome back to the Al Cotullo Craft Beercast on AM 970. The answer. David Roth. David Roth. David Lee Roth. Yankee Rose. From his solo effort after uh, Van Halen uh, dismissed him, let's put it that way. Uh, What a tremendous band he put together. Steve Vai, Billy Sheenan. um, I always forgot the drummer. I don't know why I forgot the drummer. But anyway, um, that first solo album, uh, what is it, Eat Him and Smile or something like that, whatever, uh, was a great album. After that, eh, you know, I I don't know. I was in... uh, I thought David Lee Roth lost a little something off his fastball by the time uh, he got to, like, his second or third solo album, and then he, I, I think he was done. The fact that he is touring with Kiss this year and is doing a residency in Vegas, and I heard the first show, and it was just absolute hot garbage, and then somebody said the second night, ah, oh, it wasn't that bad. You know what? Some entertainers just don't know when to hang it up. David Lee Roth is one of those guys where it's like, listen, dude, it's time. It's time to just hang up the mic and do something else. Really? I, I don't know. And then opening for Kiss? You want to talk about two bands that are completely in opposite directions? It's just, I don't know. It's bizarre. Oh, and by the way, here's another rant about music before we get into the beer news. Um, uh, here's what baffles me. Why do artists say it's the final tour? That's the last time. I'm not touring ever again. Elton John has been on his final tour for three years now. The Scorpions have been on their last tour for six years, and apparently they're going on another tour and coming out with another album. Can we please stop with the final tour stuff? Just tour. And when you don't want to tour anymore, leave. Leave. That's it. Leave. Just walk away. You don't have to announce it. You don't have to make a big deal about it. Just leave. That's all. All right, rant over. Um, Mike Miles from Weyerbacher Brewing is going to join me coming up in about 10 minutes. We're going to get an update on the brewery, what's going on. They had come out of bankruptcy. Um, Are the investors still involved? What's happening uh, with Weyerbacher? Is the White Castle beer coming out? Is it not coming out? What changes are being made at Weyerbacher? And we're also going to talk about Lehigh Valley Beer Week as well. Mike's going to join us just about 10 minutes from now. So some beer news. Uh, to get into, uh, and some of it local, and one of, one of the stories is national, but Kelsey Grammer, the actor, is going to make an appearance at King's Food Markets in Short Hills this coming Wednesday, January 29th. Now, the actor, best known for his work on Frasier and Cheers, is going to attend a tasting of his new beer, Faith American Ale. The is going to take place from 11.30 in the morning till 1.30 in the afternoon. The beer is brewed at a former dairy farm in Margaretville, New York. It's near the Catskills that Grammer used to visit as a boy. Faith American Ale... We've talked about the beer before, 4.8% ABV. It's the first brew put out by Grammar's Faith American Brewing Company. Uh, The beer, according to his website, neither sweet nor malted, has a slight hoppy, balanced flavor, and King's will carry cans of Faith American Ale. A four-pack of 16-ounce cans will run you uh, $10.99. King's Food Market's located 778 Morris Turnpike in Short Hills. I'm going to try and get over there on Wednesday, not only to try the beer, I would love uh, to get an interview with Kelsey. Um, to chat about why he got into the beer business, what the whole, you know, what just what's going on with him and his life. Now, by the way, yeah, he was in Fraser's, Yeah, he was in in, uh, in Cheers. But maybe some of you forget, he was also in one episode of Star Trek The Next Generation. Mm-hmm. I wonder if somebody could message me and tell me the season and the episode that he was in, because I can't remember off the top of my head, but I do remember that he was in a Star Trek The Next Generation episode. Anyway, so that's Kelsey Grammer and his beer, Faith American Ale, King's Food Markets, uh, on Wednesday uh, in Short Hills. But I had another interview scheduled on Wednesday that I was supposed to go down to Source Brewing, uh, so it looks like I'm going to move that uh, to Thursday if Phil will accommodate me, one of the owners of Source, uh, because his beer, he did a beer, uh, the Source Brewing did a beer as a tribute to Eli Manning. Now, he had no idea that Eli Manning was going to retire this week, but apparently the beer sold out in two days. They've, they've been doing a great thing with putting their beers out uh, in cans and then selling out very quickly, but the, Eli, uh, the uh, elite tribute beer for Eli Manning, which by the way, a New England uh, IPA, New England Patriots get it, two Super Bowls. Um, so the beer sold out and then all of a sudden it exploded all over social media. All these national websites were starting to pick up uh, that this beer was being brewed. Um, Phil had told me a few weeks ago that they were brewing a beer about Eli Manning, simply for the fact that he wasn't going to be a, a giant anymore. and just kind of a tribute to him. Uh, but Phil, privately, we were, uh, we were talking, and he said to me, he said, you broke the story and it exploded all over social media. I, I appreciate that comment and, uh, and that compliment, but I don't think it was me uh, that caused it to uh, explode. I think the fact that Eli Manning decided to announce his retirement uh, uh, this past week um, had something to do with it a little bit. But anyway, we're going to talk about the um, Elite Tribute uh, beer. Actually, it'll be on tap down at Source and uh, get into uh, the business of uh, what's going on with Source and how things are going as we'll uh, share a pint or two and interview him directly at Source Brewing. That's coming up on next week's program, the uh, sort of post-Super Bowl edition here. Uh, As we continue on with our news and notes, here is a really cool story. So Brooklyn resident Floyd Hayes is 47 years old. He registered a pint of beer as an emotional support animal with the USA service dog registration back in December. That was according to Ale Street News. The Post caught up to him, and uh, he said he wanted to use the certification to carry his beverage of choice on public transit. So he told uh, told Brooklyn Paper, uh, he said, I travel from upstate to Brooklyn a lot, and on the bus they say it's a federal crime to smoke or have an alcoholic beverage unless by prior written uh, consent, and I always wondered where you get that consent. He says, not that I'm an alcoholic. This guy's originally from England. He's a creative director. But Hayes told the New York Post he simply wants to see if this method will work. He said, it was just an experiment. We'll see what happens. Now, obviously, look, um, registering a beer as an emotional support animal is absurd on its face. But to be fair, they don't give you tickets for anything anymore in New York. People smoke pot they don't give a, they don't give a ticket. People are getting arrested for violent crimes and are being released on their own recognizance. Who cares if this guy's drinking a beer on a bus or bringing his beer with him? You know what he's being responsible He's not drinking and driving he's He's carrying the beer with him and then deciding to uh, sample It's like somebody who brings a cup of coffee on the bus and I don't think it's a federal offense to have a beer on a bus. It's probably more of a local ordinance, but you know. <laughs> Let's be fair. Kudos to this guy for having the sack to decide to okay. I'm going to do this. So Floyd Hayes, kudos to you. Go ahead and um, go ahead and bring that beer uh, on a bus or train. By the way, if you take an Amtrak train, you get served on an Amtrak train, right? I mean, you can't get served on a bus, obviously. The bus is moving; they don't have a you know a beverage cart or whatever. But good for this guy. I'm 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 kind of glad that he's decided to do this, whether or not. Um, He gets a ticket or something. Who knows? But uh, I give him uh, a lot of credit. Go ahead and register that beer. Go ahead and take it with you. Besides the fact that I think the the support animals on a plane, I think in some ways is absurd. You want to bring a little dog. uh, That's one thing. When you're trying to bring a peacock onto a plane and passing it off as an emotional service animal or a turkey or something like that, I kind of question whether or not uh, it's it's really a support animal. Okay? That's just me. Uh, Anyway, and then finally... Uh, More, uh, Molson Coors uh, has announced that they are going to acquire Atwater Brewery. Uh, this is um, uh, the fifth largest uh, craft brewery in, uh, in Michigan. Mark Reith told BrewBound, uh, who's uh, Mark has owned the uh, Detroit Craft Brewery outright since 2005, he told BrewBound we've been in heavy communication with them for probably the last two years on and off, and then they went through their restructuring and revitalization plan. We started having serious conversations over the last six months. It kind of escalated up. Uh, They expect the uh, deal to close in the next couple of months. Um, And uh, basically, um, you know, he said, look, uh, this is uh, a a way of expanding our beer uh, portfolio, putting our beer in other places uh, across the country. Uh, He does not fear backlash over his company no longer being considered a craft uh, brewer in the eyes of consumers. He said to BrewBound, the beer business is the beer business as long as you're making the best high-quality beer that's what counts more, especially now when there are so many breweries and some are not making the best beer. Uh, according to Wright, finding a strategic partner, the right move for Atwater. Competition has obviously uh, ramped up in recent years. My only question uh, to them is are they going to find themselves on places on a tap handle in a lot of craft beer bars? Uh, or you know, is he looking to just saturate the market and get in anywhere? Again, a lot of people lately are opting to drink local beer as opposed to a national brand um you know typically when i walk into a bar if i see a local beer i'm going to try that first before i have uh the macro beer but if the macro beer is the only thing on tap then i'm going to go with probably a sam adams because i know they're still independently owned uh as opposed to uh, a budweiser or coors light that's just how that's my own personal preference. So we'll see what happens. Now, when we come back after a short break, Mike Miles from Weyerbacher Brewing is going to join me. We'll find out everything that's going on uh, with Weyerbacher since they filed for bankruptcy last April, what's happening with the company, and what new things they're going to be doing in the, in the, uh, in the near future. This is the Al Gattulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970 The Answer. It's a guy I miss a lot. Chris Cornell, audio slave. Mr. Ben, missed the band. Uh, missed the lead singer. What a tremendous artist. We lost him way too early. Welcome back to the Al Gatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970. The answer. You can follow me on Twitter very easily at Al Gatulo. Instagram at Gatulo. That's dot Facebook.com slash A G Craft Beer Cast. Google Play, iTunes. Just do a search for A G Craft Beer Cast. We're Alexa ready as well. And we're also on radio.com. Finally, We're on the Hopped Up Network. Just go to thehoppedupnetwork.com. You can check out my podcast or the many others that are available for your listening pleasure. The uh, radio version of this show comes out on a podcast, usually Monday mornings, uh, just before 6 a.m. Now, my next guest, he is the New Jersey rep for Weyerbacher Brewing. It's been a while since we chatted with him. A little under a year ago, uh, Weyerbacher had filed for Chapter 11 bankruptcy, and I wanted to get him on to talk about what's been going on with the company and emerging from the bankruptcy. Weyerbacher.com is the website for more information. Let me welcome back onto the program Mike Miles. Mike, how are you, my friend? Hey, Al. Good morning. How are you? I'm doing great. Now, Weyerbacher filed for uh, Chapter 11 bankruptcy uh, April of last year. The investment firm that was supposed to come in uh, according to reports from uh, Brewbound, backed out. So, what has happened since, uh, as a result of the filing in terms of the bankruptcy?
1: Yeah. So uh, we got the official paperwork back. I want to say uh, first or second week of December, uh, and then from there, it takes sixty days to actually be put on record. But uh, yeah, we came out came out of it right before uh, the end of the year, as far as the the the, the order being signed by the judge. Uh, but since then, yeah, I mean, it's look, I mean, we, we are certainly looking for investment. Um, yeah, the, the, the one company that was going to invest in us, uh, for what, for one reason or another, uh, decided to decided to pass. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, there's been a lot of, uh, uh, blood, sweat and tears going into it to, to, to try to keep us, keep us up and running. Um, you know, when we, we, we finding, uh, Certainly the the proper and correct ways to do that, um, but you know it's uh, but like I said I mean we're we're constantly looking for for investments or loans and and, and what have you and you know we are we are looking to uh, hopefully make 2020 a uh, a very successful year
0: but the company is still uh, cranking out beer in its eastern location you still have the the uh, little tap room I think where is it in new hope again if I'm not mistaken or maybe I'm getting that wrong. Uh, there's a there's a little tap room that's open, so the business is is going. But you're looking for guys to come in to invest a little bit to kind of prop up the business, promote the business, and get more uh, beer out there to people, right?
1: right. Correct. Yes. Now, uh, you, yeah. Now, the, yeah, the other location in New Hope is is still up and running. But yeah, I mean, Al, to, to be honest with you, I mean, we we had to bust it down to basically ground zero and start all over. Um, you know, I I think part of our problem that that got us into this mess is that, um, you know, we we got to we, we tried to get too fancy, and, and on top of that, we also felt you know the, the the local squeeze from from other local breweries in the area, and certainly from from the region. But uh, yeah, I mean, we we are basically getting back to basics. I mean, we we we, we slowed production and uh you know we're we're focusing on merry monks and blithering idiot as our flagship brews and 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 just i mean people that people know us for those beers and then you know we'll we'll, we'll add a couple of our other brews into for for our core beers which is our tiny our, our belgian style uh uh stout and uh last chance which is our ipa so i mean that would be our core four but like i said the two leading the charge would be Mary mugs and believe they're an idiot and i mean we're just trying to simplify things and we're that a uh, anomaly out there al uh because we're not known for ipas and i mean it's been an ipa market for forever and ever and ever and the fact that you know we we are now headed into our 25th year and uh you know we're, we're we're still we're still surviving i will say barely but we're still surviving um you know must must that we we are doing something right, whether it's making good beer or uh, you know, and we have a lot of loyal fans, which is good, and a lot of lo- loyal beer drinkers.
0: Yeah, you know, that's absolutely true. And uh, and the stuff that the the core stuff that you do do, you guys do very well. And and that's interesting. You know, you mentioned the whole thing about IPAs. People thought that it was a, a in the beginning, ah, it's a passing fad. It's going to move on. But obviously, as the years have gone on, in the last four or five years, uh, IPAs have become more prominent. But Uh, What I think is interesting, though, Mike, and I think you guys are seeing the light on this, is that, hey, we're not known for IPAs, So to try and reinvent the wheel at this point is probably not the way to go. It's probably better to stick with our core stuff that has gotten us to where we are instead of trying to let's let's throw a bunch of hops in and see what happens here. So I like the fact that you're, you're kind of taking it back to basics a little bit and saying, listen, we've done well with these beers. We're not going to reinvent the wheel here. Now, speaking of one of those beers, you guys were talking about doing a beer with White Castle. Has that been produced? Has it come out yet? Where is that on the drawing board?
1: No, I appreciate you asking me about that. So we actually had a call with White Castle, and, I mean, they – they uh, understood the the situation with the bankruptcy. Unfortunately, we are not able to move forward with that at this time. It's not to say that we can't reapproach them at some point down the road, but mm. literally when, when we when we brought all this stuff you know back to ground zero, we we scrubbed any any future plans. Now, I will say some of the things that we have changed or some of the things that we're, we're aiming for is um, in simplifying the portfolio. Um, you know, we're gonna, we may stick in, uh, a seasonal or two here and there that makes sense. For instance, Imperial Pumpkin. Right. We're known for Imperial Pumpkin. People, people, you know, search for it. So, uh, we, we know first week, second week of July, we're gonna be out with that. Uh, one of the, one of the big changes that, uh, we, we've decided to do is give ourselves a longer selling season with Sunday Morning Stout. So Sunday Morning Stout will be back towards the end of October, first week of November. It hasn't been out in two and a half by then. It'll be almost three years. Um, but what, we, what we're we looking to do is not capitalize on the holiday season, but also extend the, the, the sailing uh, season for that. Because when you come out in February, we've kind of pigeonholed ourselves for only about six or seven weeks of, of typically cold weather, right. where when you come into October, November, I mean, you've now given yourself, uh, exponentially a, a longer time and a longer uh, cold weather um, window to, to sell that product. So um, so that, that's pretty much, you know, the, the landscape that we're working with. Uh, Dallas sucks, may or may not be out you know, towards the end of August, beginning of September. Mm-hmm. But like I said, I mean, we we have really, like I said, pull, pulled the reins back, scaled everything back. Just until Al, I mean, we until we, we, we get this figured out, until we get our feet right. And there's been a lot of false starts where we've talked about um yeah we're going to do it we're going to do it and then and then we would pull the reins back a little bit and then try to get creative again and then right. you know and so on and so forth where this time we didn't have a choice it's like all right we're out of bankruptcy we have to start from from scratch. Right.
0: We're talking with Mike Miles, the New Jersey rep for Weyerbacher Brewing out of Easton, Pennsylvania. com, the website for more information. We're here on the Al Craft Beer Cast on AM 970 The Answer. And but to be quite honest, Weyerbacher a very easy trip. Right over 78 it's the first exit off of 78. It's a, it's a five minute ride off of 78. It's really a great place. They've got a great tap room. And they do have some real tasty beers. I've been there a couple of times. And, and it's a great place. But uh, the good news, obviously Sunday Morning Style will be coming out, but closer to uh, late fall uh, early winter. Bad news. If you're a White Castle fan, the White Castle beer isn't going to happen. But maybe sometime down the road, uh, it's going to happen. Mike, uh, from your point of view as a salesman, when you walk into an account and the owner says, uh, you know, and you're emerging from the bankruptcy here, you know, the owner says, "Yeah, all right, I'm going to take a, ch- I'm going to take a couple cases of this, a keg of this, a blah blah blah." The, uh, does it worry you that, that when they say, "How do I know the order I'm giving you is going to be filled?" What's your What's your answer to them? Well,
1: so what I. The good thing is, is that uh, you know I've been in the industry for for almost two decades now, so I, a lot of a lot of uh, the relationships that I have I've built over that time. But the other thing is, Al, is that I, I'm I'm one of those people that will that will not overpromise. I, I like uh, you know, and uh, if, if I can deliver for you, I will. Um, the thing is, is I mean we have a we have a great distributor in the state of New Jersey. And I mean, they're, they're able to see the portfolio. So, you know, for, for instance, we, we, we have no Mary monks out in the market right now. We're targeting February, mid, mid to late February to have that back. If that gets pushed and people ask, I will say, Hey, look, uh, if if there's a change, I have no problem getting out in front of it. I think people will appreciate the honesty, especially if you get out in front of it and you just say, Hey, it's not that I'm, I don't want to give you the beer. It's that we are working every angle possible to get you this beer and um I, I, as long as you're upfront and honest with people and they understand that and mm-hmm. they're willing they're willing to work with you then to say oh yeah you have it and then it doesn't show up and then and then of course it's just like well then I, i'm just not going to deal with you anymore gotcha. so um a lot of it is patience a lot of it is you know is is belief and uh yeah i mean like i said we are we are trying. Like I said, there, there have been a lot of trials and tribulations, right. but we are definitely working our hardest to get to get beer out
0: to people. Uh, and uh, Mike, last one for me. Uh, Lehigh Valley Beer Week is coming up uh, February 15th through the 22nd. This features about 50 tap rooms uh, all over uh, the Lehigh Valley area. And obviously Weyerbrocker is going to be involved in this, in this uh, collaboration brew uh, that's getting put together. But it's the first time that you guys are using a, a home brewer instead of you know the breweries getting together and putting something together, so it's a watermelon milkshake IPA. A- anything you can tell me about this? Uh, well, yeah, I mean,
1: it's, like you said, this is the kind of changed pace for us because typically it, the, the beer is made by uh, all, all the breweries in and in a, in a collaborative effort uh, throughout the Lehigh Valley. But yeah, um, you know, this is kind of us just kind of reaching out to to, to our local fan fan base and saying, hey, you know, uh, you you want to you want to uh, brew a beer, we want to reward you by you know uh, uh, somehow showcasing it uh typically what we would do is we would also showcase that beer inside our tap room uh but i think we're 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 kind of you know uh, uh change, changing course a little bit and, and showcasing it at Le- lehigh valley beer week a lot of people a lot of foot traffic so the fact that that beer is going to be out in front and uh and see that is it's going to be a win win. So. Uh, we're looking forward to it. It's it's always a great event, and uh, you know, come on, come on out because we'll definitely be there.
0: That's very cool. My guest has been Mike Miles. He's the New Jersey rep for Weyerbacher Brewing out of Easton, Pennsylvania. Weyerbacher.com, the website for more information. Again, Lehigh Valley Beer Week is coming up February 15th to the 22nd. Weyerbacher and, obviously, all of the breweries that are in the Lehigh Valley area will be taking part of this. The Watermelon Milkshake IPA will be available at Weyerbacher, uh, and they're going to have a lot of great stuff, too. You've got to go visit these guys right over 78, right over the Jersey border. Trust me, you will not be disappointed. It's great stuff. Mike, thanks so much for joining me tonight on the program. Al, I appreciate it. Thank you. You got it. When we come back, time for Suds and Duds on the Alcatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM nine seventy. The answer. Segment of the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970. The answer you can follow me on Twitter at Algatulo, Instagram at Gatulo, G-A-T-T-U-L-L-O, Facebook.com slash AG via email at Albert G at NYC Don't forget iTunes and Google Play. Just do a search for AG Craft Beercast. You can find all the shows on those two platforms. Alexa Ready as well. Uh, we're also available on Radio.com and we're also available on the Hopped Up Network. Just go to thehoppedupnetwork.com. After 6 a.m., usually my beer cast is up there. You can definitely check that out. Um, uh, My show, along with a plethora of others uh, as well, for your listening pleasure. So, time for suds and duds, and uh, let's dive right into it. A lot of different beers uh, out there, and a lot of them are Bolero beers, because last weekend I ended up going over to Bolero's Grand Opening. Um, They had their soft open a couple of weeks ago, and... um, you know, we wanted to. I wanted to get over there for the grand opening, and wanted to bring two of my friends over who are fans of Bolero. And boy, did we have a great time! We ended up. We were. <laughs> we do. It's one of these things. where We say, yeah, we'll be there an hour or two, and we ended up staying there for a considerable amount of time, probably about four hours. But part of the reason why is because the weather was bad. It was snowing, and we wanted to wait for the snow to taper down a little bit before we left. And uh, what a great job they did over at uh, Bolero for the opening! But we'll get to that in a minute. First up. A uh, little Brick City brewing uh, that I had over at Paragon Tap and Table. Hill Street Blues and uh, Hazy, a juicy, a, a, a bursting with tropical flavor on this one. Really, really good. Love the take on Hill Street Blues uh, from Brick City. That was pretty cool. Uh, another beer that I had over at Paragon, which was very interesting, and I don't drink a lot of Allegash, but Allegash is farm to face. This was really good. A lot of peach going on in this beer. A little green apple to it as well. It wasn't super tart, but it was really nice going down. I was very surprised, pleasantly surprised, at how tasty this was. Because I've been trying... Paragon's been adding a sour onto their um, tap lines pretty much every week. They have something that's sour or funky or whatever. And I've been trying to, you know, let me try this, let me try this. And my wife has been getting into sours too, so that's really cool uh, that we're able to, you know, kind of... um, it, sours are good Because a lot of them Are light um, in, in terms of ABV And uh, again It's one of those things You've got to try them For a couple of times To get used to them But sours are really good now At least to my palate Anyway um, Moving on from there uh, One of the last ones That I had at my uh, Weekly dinner over at Paragon That pretty much My wife and I are there um, At least on Friday night Or Saturday night <laughs> For dinner It's our kind of Go-to place to go out Because we can always Get a table The food is great Service is great uh, Right in our town, uh, not a, it's kind of a blatant plug, Clark, 135 off the parkway uh, in uh, Clark, New Jersey. But anyway, um, they put on tap from Common Roots, Party Shirt Friday Raspberry. Now, it's interesting, uh, when I took the picture of the beer, it looked like a milkshake. It looks like a milkshake beer, but it's not. Uh, slightly bitter raspberry. Uh, I guess they had been running the tap for a little bit. And I guess it was a lot of the sediment and stuff that was in there. It was still drinkable to me. Common Roots makes some fantastic beer. Um, just from the look of it, when you see it, it, it doesn't look like a, a really palatable beer. But it actually was. Um, then a couple of nights later, I was over at... We have a Whole Foods in town. And they have a Clark Bar. Uh, wh- that's what they call it. It's their little restaurant or whatever. It serves burgers and salads and stuff. But they also have a lot of local beer on tap. One of them happened to be Bolero. The Mew Shake Cattle and, and Roll, which I had. This was great. Sweet little coconut on the back end. I, I could have drank 11 of them in a row. It, it went down that good. I had only had one. Uh, but it was very, very tasty. And then I had um, uh, over at Paragon, they had uh, another one. We were out to, My wife and I were out to dinner the following week because I've been trying to not drink too much this month. Um, the Final Countdown, which was the last beer they made. As a gypsy brewer before opening the brewery, juicy little bit of hop, really nice going down. That was fantastic. And then, of course, uh, as we mentioned a few segments ago about source brewing, they're also uh, Paragon also has source brewing on tap. uh, A number of their beers. This was the Coltsbach Lager, kind of a take on Colts Neck, which is where they're uh, based out of. Uh, Caramel smooth, uh, so good. Could drink this all day long. You know, not not a heavy ABV type beer. Uh, just a really, really nice, uh, tasty beer from Source. And as I said, Phil Patrocco is going to be on the um, uh, on the Craft Beer Cast next week. Uh, we will have that as our kind of post-Super Bowl edition. Uh, we're going to talk about the Eli beer, the elite tribute beer that they put out that sold out uh, within two days. And, of course, got a lot of national press because, obviously, Eli Manning retiring uh, earlier in the week. So we'll talk to Phil about that and a lot of other stuff and what's going on with Source Brewing and how the brewery is gone Uh, Since they opened in uh, late July Uh, Then I was over at Bolero Snort For their grand opening By the way, Carlstadt Located literally three minutes From MetLife Stadium Very easy to get to off of Route 17 Or or come down Patterson Plank Road If you take them 120 And you would want to cut down Patterson Plank Road Um, It's a great great place They're doing a fantastic job uh, And I just could not be happier for Bob and Scott They're just uh, really good guys And they're making amazing beer So Uh, We had snowball fights while we were there, really juicy, Uh, just a really tasty beer. They have a Pilsner, which they've never done before, and now they have it Hoofa, which is fantastic, crisp, delicious. Another one of these, you can have three, four, five of them. It's a low ABV type of beer, really, really good, just an excellent job uh, out of the Pilsner. I had the variation on Dirty Snowball Fights. Um, This was interesting. They added peanut butter to this one. Um, and I don't know if I could drink a full one of them or a couple of them. I had a taster. It was good, but I don't know if I'm really crazy about peanut butter and IPAs. It's a little getting used to peanut butter and stouts. Yes. In porters. Yeah. IPAs. mm, This one was kind of questionable for me. Again, I don't think it was something that I would, I would drink on a regular basis, maybe as a part of a taster. But I don't know if I could drink it full, you know a, a full 12 ounce or a 16 ounce pour of that. Uh, hello, my bull pun. Really nice hop. Good bite to it. Easy drinking. Uh, and then I had the, um, the 20th and Bull. Now I bought a can, a stovepipe can of the 20th and Bull, their regular edition. But I had the two variants that were there. The first one was the 20th and bull and jelly, which I think they came out with a stovepipe can of that on, on the Sunday, right? This wasn't my favorite of the batch, but the jelly gives it a nice sweetness. That really offsets the strength of the stout, you know, the, the, the that, that peanut butter and all the other richness, the bourbon and all that other stuff. The jelly kind of balanced it out. But the 20th and Bull Brownie Batter, oh, man, the perfect dessert beer. I'll leave it at that. If you see it there, if you go to Bolero in the next week or so and it's on tap, do yourself a favor. Get a little taster. Try it. Trust me. It's definitely an after-dinner beer. It's definitely not something to drink during dinner. Maybe if you're trying to have one for the night, and you want to make yourself full pour, that's fine. This is definitely like a little snifter. You put it in a glass, and you just let it sit and drink it. It is, I'm telling you, it's like a liquid brownie. That's, that's exactly what it is. And then I had a can of about bucking time because I brought uh, a four-pack of that to bring home. This was fantastic. Great hop to it, excellent bite. Just a, a really fantastic beer, uh, and then I had the uh, the variant when I was there at Bolero. The funfetti about and time, this was good. The sweetness actually worked in this uh, in in this IPA in a really good way. I loved it on tap. If they had canned that, I would I would, man, I would have bought you know a case of it to bring home. That's how good it was. They added funfetti cake to the batter and that uh, to the um, to the mix, and that sweetness. Really uh, did a nice job of, of bringing a lot of different things out of that beer, and it was really, uh, really good. But, uh, folks, we're out of time. My thanks to Mike Miles from Weyerbacher Brewing. Uh, great job out of him. And, listen, do yourself a favor. You're driving into Pennsylvania. You're heading in for Lehigh Valley Beer Week uh, maybe next month. Take a stop over at uh, Weyerbacher. They got this uh, collab beer, this uh, watermelon uh, IPA that they're putting out, this watermelon milkshake IPA. Uh, Give them some support. They really make some really good beers. They're not, you know, they're not known for IPAs and juicy IPAs. They're known for their big Belgian, you know, strong type of stuff. Get over there. Take a little tour. Have a couple of beers. Support local beer. It's really important, okay? My thanks to everyone who's uh, involved in the show, and uh, we will see you uh, next week. Phil Petraka from Source Brewing is going to be on the program, and uh, this has been the Alcatulo Craft Beer Cast. Cheers, everybody.